You're listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. Enjoy the show. Yo, Joe. Yo, Justin. What up? What's going on, sir? Uh, nothing, man. What's going on with you? A lot, and yet nothing at the same time. Uh, I gotta tell you, man, kinda love this movie we're gonna talk about tonight. Captain Kronos. Captain Kronos, or Captain Kronos. <laughs> Captain Kronos. Because that's, that's the way everybody said it, and it kinda threw me off. Yeah, he's, he's, um, he's quite a character. So... For those uh, those that have been listening, know that we were going to talk about this movie. Uh, we talked about it in the last podcast, and uh, it's a hammer flick. Um, so uh, I guess just for like the viewers that don't really know too much about Hammer, so back in the '30s and '40s, Universal Studios basically dominated uh, the horror scene, and they uh, had all their gothic horror movies uh, like Dracula, Frankenstein, The Mummy, and you know these these sort of were the big movies, uh, especially in horror, and, and really, honestly, outside of horror at that point. Uh, very iconic characters, very iconic actors. You had Boris Koloff, who played, you know, uh, quite a few characters in these movies, including uh, Frankenstein's Monster, um, The Mummy. The Mummy. Yeah. And then you had Bela Lugosi, who played Dracula, obviously, and then a couple other characters. These two actors starred in a lot of stuff, sometimes together, uh, oftentimes together, and in a lot of, like, the Edgar Allan Poe movies that they did. Like, it wasn't just, like, these gothic, uh, character, you know, mythological figures. It was a little bit more than that, too. They dipped into some original stories, some Haunted House stuff, some mm-hmm. Edgar Allan Poe stuff. So these were the big movies for, you know, for quite a few decades. But on a scare factor, they're, they're not really, you know, scary movies, especially, you know... Um, Later on in life, when people started watching them, there was a lot more out there that, you know, sort of was a little bit more terrifying. So it really wasn't until like the late 50s and 60s where these classic characters came back um, and in, in quite a way. It was a British uh, movie studio uh, called Hammer, and they brought back uh, these popular characters like Frankenstein, uh, Dracula, the mummy, the wolfman, and they were in color. They had gore and blood. And tons and tons of cleavage, so like there oh, was a, so much cleavage. <laughs> yeah, you know there's there a huge you know um, gore factor, a huge sexual factor uh, added to these movies that wasn't in the Universal stuff, obviously because of the time. And now you coming into the '60s, '70s, uh, where these movies kind of went into and really peaked at. Um, so you know, once again, they brought back these very iconic characters to the fold, and and you know. Quite, a, quite an extreme way from what they were portrayed as previously. And they're great movies. And and just like Universal, they had their two big stars that were in every movie, which was Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Uh, Christopher Lee playing Dracula in like about six of the seven Dracula movies. Um, or, or, or maybe a little less, I can't remember. Uh, and then you had Peter Cushing playing quite a few characters himself. He played Dr. Frankenstein in all of the Dr. Frankenstein movies. Um, he played Van Helsing. And again, they had a lot of, you know, original things or other movies that were about mythological characters where these two would kind of clash as well. So they were your big horror stars for for that time period, those, those two decades, I guess, two to three decades. I absolutely love the Hammer movies. I think they're beautiful-looking movies. Um... They're all, the settings are great, you know, they're always like kind of in like these gothic European villages, uh, great sets, great costumes, 
uh, just a good looking like quality to the film as well like the color the color is always the stuff that like grabs my attention you know like the way they kind yeah. of but the blood's like pumped up real like heavy it's like real red uh, this, that's like this, my favorite thing about the hammer horror right movies. yeah the exactly just the, the that red blood you'll yeah. ever see <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's so it's so like silly looking it, it looks so fake right but like it just works it works really well and uh, it does yeah absolutely love the hammer horror movies they really are something else and if anyone uh has not seen any of these uh i'd recommend quite a few especially uh the frankenstein cycle they're all mm-hmm. great and and in, in this frankenstein uh cycle they basically focus on dr frankenstein as the main villain every movie has a different frankenstein monster which is pretty cool you get to see something different um whereas in like the universal stuff it was basically that classic boris Karloff frankenstein look and that character was in every single one of the movies this focuses on the doctor and he's a fucking piece of shit um he's he's <laughs> he's ruthless he murders a lot of people and he rapes like he's a bad guy very far from what we got in the 30s and 40s yeah. but uh they're great movies i would definitely recommend them for anyone that's kind of like looking for something that they haven't seen yet in horror um and maybe doesn't know too much about these sort of characters uh they're beautiful just definitely give them a shot um and that's one of the movies that we're going to be talking about tonight uh this is not really this is more of an original film that's uh, not based yeah. on any, uh, you know, character from any mythology. This is just about uh, a vampire hunter, uh, in, you know, strolling into a town and helping out, uh, you know, an old friend take out a vampire. This movie came out in 1974. So it was kind of the end of sorts for the Hammer film. But it's like the most Hammer movie. Um, it is. Of, they really up the Hammer in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's got all the Hammer tropes. Uh, so this movie came out, like I said, 1974, directed by uh, Brian Clemens. And although, uh, so Brian Clemens, you know, I think his only movie, to be honest with you, because um, I know he produced uh, the other Hammer Horror movie that came out a little bit before this, Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. And um, I think besides that, that was it. Um, I, I don't think he was really involved in much else. He also wrote this movie. He well. wrote it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the movie stars uh, Horst Jansen. Everybody's, everybody's favorite, you know. Um, he's, he's, uh, Captain Kronos. Kronos! And did you know that, um, that's not his voice? That he was dubbed? I actually, so I did do a little bit of research, yeah. um, today, and yeah, that, that, he, that's not his voice at all. He's, he's, he yeah. has a very distinct and heavy german accent yeah yeah and yeah. it was just completely unusable i think movie. he was, yeah i think he was based mostly german films um and they could and i think he was speaking phonetically which is kind of funny right because that's how uh, bella lugosi got dracula you yeah. know um he 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 read his lines phonetically he didn't understand english back then so right. um but but that's and that's funny because it was so iconic right like that accent and the way he said things that became Dracula. I mean, people still, you know, imitate Dracula. And they use that voice, right? As many Draculas that, as there has been since then, they use his voice. But for this, they didn't do that. They just let it, you know, they, they had, they had, you know, I guess filmed it and really couldn't understand the guy. However, he was speaking, they decided to just dub over it with this guy named Julian Holloway, who I, I don't really know who he is, but he did the, um, he basically did the, uh, the, the dubbed voice for our main character. Um, so let's get into Captain Kronos, talk about what we liked about it, you know, plot of the movie, um, and, uh, you know, just do what we do. And first off, um, you said you love this movie, and I agree with you because it's uh, it's quite a film. 
It is. First of all, this this movie is just fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, as far as like story is concerned, it's a, it's a pretty simple story. Um, it, it's literally just you know Captain Kronos gets brought to this town by an old friend of his, Doctor Marcus. And he brings his his hunchback assistant because there's always got to be a hunchback, right? Yeah. Uh, Professor Grost, whose first name is so cool, Hieronymus. Yeah, yeah, Hieronymus Grost. <laughs> and um, and some random chick named Carla that they just happened upon. Callum Monroe, who yes. um, I think she was in a Bond movie, right? Was it the Spy That Loved Me? Yeah, the Spy That Loved Me. Okay. Um. Yeah, yeah, she was in that. So now, all right. So so that's that's another uh point to talk about so when it comes to hammer movies like maybe it's a british thing i don't know but they they have their hammer girls right so like Mm -hmm. and there's like a whole book like on like these women you know uh like the women of hammer horror just like james bond they have like you know like a a good looking female lead of sorts really just a side character for the most part you know or victim or whatever uh sometimes the villain or just just cleavage or just cleavage yeah just there for cleavage or a villain in 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 some cases Mm -hmm. too they have uh but um that's kind of their thing you know they have like a hammer girl and in this movie it's carol moreau who a lot of people love i I don't really remember seeing her in a lot of stuff but i know like you know she was like well she she had only done two hammer movies right uh, she did this one, and uh, before this, uh, Dracula, AD nineteen seventy two. Yeah, yeah, which is which is a weird movie. It is. It is. It's probably the worst of the Hammer Draculas. Yeah, she actually she's in the um, the Doctor Fives movies with Vincent Price, which are really good. Um, so are those Hammer though? Those they're not Hammer. Hammer. No, they're not Hammer movies. No, no, you're, no. You're right. As far as Hammer goes, she's just in those two. Yeah, but she was. Um, but those I mean, those she, came out around the same time. Um, I liked her for what it was in this in this movie. You know, she filled the role that she was supposed to fill. <laughs> right. Um, I, I gotta be honest, though. Like, let, let me ask you, and we might we might agree on this. Uh, yeah. Who who was your favorite character in this movie? My favorite character in the movie. Yeah. I mean, Cronus was kind of like a little boring. He was my least favorite character in the movie. Yeah, and 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 Carla was kind of like just like. It very clearly just put in there for eye candy. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't like. She didn't really. She was kind of just like hanging out and like asking what's going on, and maybe it was just a reason for exposition, right? Because it's like some girl that they're they they're just taking along for the ride, and she's asking like, "Oh, what are you doing? What's this?" or you know, whatever. So she's like our exposition like uh, person. But um, my favorite character, I I kind of liked. Um, I don't want to get into it yet because I don't want to do like uh, I don't want to okay. spoil it, but. Okay. Um, I definitely liked Gross a lot. He's my favorite. Yeah, Gross was pretty good. He had he had like more of a personality. He had kind of like he had a reason to like care about him, you know, because he talked about things from his past and like right. his condition and stuff like that. Like they addressed it, right? Like he's a hunchback, not just for like aesthetics. He's got like a reason, and like there's a and and, and th- that reason comes with like problems that he faces and challenges or whatever, right? So it was like. They, right. they, they put a little bit more effort into making you care about him. So he was pretty good. And, you know, he was, like, kind of the guy, like, behind the scenes. Like, he was really he was really the one setting things in motion, you know? Um, so he was he was a pretty good character. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, um, and, and you had told me this. I didn't know this going into it. 
um, that this was supposed to be like a franchise starter. Yes, it was. So this movie, yeah. So this, like I said before, this kind of came at the end of Hammer's horror movies and really Hammer movies in general. Because after the the late seventies or the mid seventies, I should say, uh, they kind of stopped production. Yeah, so so Hammer came back basically in the uh, like the late like the late two thousands, and they did the Woman in Black, um, the Quiet Ones. Right. You know, they did a couple um, pretty decent movies, actually. You know, uh, Let Me In, which was uh, the shitty remake to, so, let, the, to let, let the Right One In. You know, you call it a shitty remake. I actually thought Let Me In was a very good remake. I like both of those movies mm, a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, let, let the Right One In is amazing, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's what Matt picked for his Matt- you know, podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great movie, uh, but that that's the the Swedish one, um, and the Hammer remake was uh, with Matt Reeves. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's like when you it's like almost like shot for shot of the other one, and I feel like the other one's like a little bit more superior, you know. Oh no, the original is definitely better, but I feel like Let Me In is a very well done remake. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, they 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 only did a couple movies in like the late two thousands, uh, and and. To, to now too, because I think the Lodge was the last movie that they did, and uh, 2019, and okay. it came out in 2020, I think here. But that's a great movie. Um, so yeah, this is basically like the end of their production, and I think this was like kind of like this death rattle to kind of like you know keep things going, uh, because it just wasn't I guess like the viewership that they had in the beginning. And they, they, yeah, this was supposed to be a franchise. It's supposed to be like a series of movies about this character. But it didn't do well, uh, definitely not well enough to have any sequels. And then Hammer basically fizzled out right after this. They did do, um, a, I think, two different comic spinoffs. They were, they were basically treated as sequels. Uh, but again, there was no interest in that back then, and uh, they also fizzled out. So that was pretty much it. We didn't really get much besides this movie, which is I'm great with, honestly. Like, I, you know, not every, to me, I don't think everything needs to be a sequel. And, you know, who knows? Like, if they made more, they might not have been that great because... I think it worked the way, you know, I think it worked fine for what it was. Yeah, no, I, I, I here's the thing. I would have, I like, I wouldn't mind ha- having seen more of these. Um, but for me, the problem was Captain Kronos himself. He just wasn't a very interesting character. Now, had they gotten rid of him and had the series continue with just his supporting cast, I'd be all about that. Give me a gross series and I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I will watch anything with that man because, again, he was my favorite character. I, anytime he wasn't on the screen, I was asking, where's gross? Where's gross? Yeah. That was John Carter. Yeah. Who was also in the Dr. Five movies. Oh, he was. Yes. Yeah. He was Waverly. Not in a lot of other stuff, though. From what I from what I saw, so the movie starts off basically with this girl getting attacked by you know something in the woods. It appears to be a vampire, but it's cloaked, and you know she's drained of her life. She becomes like an old lady, uh, which is kind of cool. You know, it's a little different, like you know, as far as like a vampire attack goes. Like they literally sucked like the youth out of this woman. That was another thing I really liked about this movie. The vampire attacks, uh, or the way the vampire operates in this movie, is is different from. Uh, like traditional vampires. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, instead of, you know, biting your neck, sucking your blood, um, the vampire actually does drain your youth. Yeah. Which, which, which makes sense, like, later on, too, when you, like, learn more about, like, the mythology of these particular vampires and, like, what's going on here. Um, There's another girl attacked uh, 
pretty much right after that, once we kind of get like, you know, the credits and the movie starts going, um, Isabella. Uh, yeah. and, and, and that's the daughter of, uh, Dr. Marcus, who's, you know, our, our kind of, you know, our main, you know, ancillary character, I guess you could say, cause he's the one that needs to find this vampire and kill it. And he employs the help of, uh, Kronos, who is his old friend. I would say, honestly, Dr. Marcus is probably my second favorite character. Dr. Marcus is a good character. Yeah. He's got, he's, yeah, he, he definitely is. You know, he's got a lot of like, he brings a lot of drama to like all this, you know? Um, he that... does. They, they <laughs> give him like a very interesting backstory. He's, he's a very central character to yeah. everything that happens in this movie. He's got an, he's got quite an arc and he's got that overly dramatic hammer performance, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, he's, he's so good. He's he, great. In this. Yeah. 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 Cause that's what another part of the hammer movies is like, there's a lot over the top sort of like acting and it but it just works you know it's good um captain chronos who's basically a, a samurai pirate <laughs> he's like because <laughs> that, that's like the best way to describe this guy he's like a swashbuckling like a ronin he's like yeah, yeah. He's, he's got a samurai sword but like he's got a kind of like a pirate thing going on he he's unique honestly for, for at least the times i think this is also, you know, what was popular back then was was those kind of things, right? So they're kind of melding the two. Uh, like Sinbad movies, right, were big and stuff like that. Um, right. And, that, and there's, there's a little bit of this going on here with, like, the sword fights and stuff like that. But um, it's it's like a it's like a mixed genre sort of movie because um, it's an action horror fl- film. It's not, like, scary, yeah. but just the concepts are. It's vampires. Very superhero-ish, which is why a comic book kind of, you know, made sense, I guess, for their sequel. It didn't do well. But it did, and I could see that, you know, more than like a book or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, totally. I, I would say this is probably closer to something like Van Helsing than um, a traditional Hammer horror film. Absolutely. And then, like we mentioned before, uh, Carla, the, the character played by Carolyn Monroe, they find her in, a, in like stocks. She's like locked up in stocks yeah. in the middle of the woods, yeah. arrested for dancing. Like she's right out of medieval Footloose, and and, and that's <laughs> <laughs> that's where she came from, and all she really does is follow them around, ask them what they're ask doing, questions. and fuck Kronos, and that's basically yep. it. Although there's no nudity in the Hammer in this in this movie, and, and I don't think really many Hammer movies, um, you know, but they but they they go as far as they can, you know. I, I think well, she, that, she does she does have like one scene where it's it's pretty close, like her hair is covering her. Uh, that's her yeah, bits and pieces. She uh, refused to do nude scenes. Like the two small things I read about this movie that I really didn't know about until like this this viewing were the dubbing of the main character. I didn't know about that, and I saw something about her not wanting to ever do those kinds of scenes. And they made right. her in this one, but she kind of got away with growing her hair out long and covering herself up that way. And nobody really kind of said anything about it because it still worked for what they were trying to do. Right. Just portray right. her in like a hypersexualized way and have these like sex scenes. Yeah. This, this, you know, that's as close as like it comes in this one. And like I said, most hammer movies, they go right to the border of it and they sort of stop. Um, right. Yeah. But Kronos arrives in town and, uh, he basically meets up with Marcus he explains, you know, he, he Marcus employs him for his help, and you know, and and that's our movie. You know, um, we get into basically the hunt for the vampire, like, and um, the town is called uh, Dur- Durwood, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I guess like ran by like this wealthy family, the Durwoods, yeah, yeah, uh, 
Paul and Sarah, the siblings, there's always a Paul and a Hammer movie. Every fucking one. Sometimes, if you're lucky, you get two Pauls. That's happened before, too. <laughs> yeah, always a Paul. And, always a Paul. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, Paul and Sarah are siblings who are, you know, basically the wealthiest people in the town, kind of running the town, I guess. And their mother is very sick. And they kind of blame Dr. Marcus for, like, not being able to help their mother because they don't really know what's wrong with her. But she's like, very decrepit. She looks like she's like a hundred years old, right? And very sick. And like he didn't really know what to do to help her. So they kind of like pissed well, off at him. Well, I feel like Paul was less angry with uh, with Marcus than Sarah was. The sister, because yeah. Paul was still very civil with him. He was, but he was like a dick in like that cool British way. <laughs> Right, but he would at least have a conversation with the guy. Sarah, on the other hand, and it, you have to kind of go back a little bit because um, they they actually do blame him for the death of their father, who he couldn't save. Yes, that too. Um, so you have that going on, and now the mother is sick, Lady Durward. She's like bedridden, doesn't do anything. Yeah, she's just she kind looks, of miserable. They show her, you know, a couple times, and she looks pretty mm-hmm. pretty terrible. Um, she, yeah, she does. Yeah. All these attacks happen in the woods by this like cloaked vampire. We don't really know who it is for most of the movie. Um, and they're yeah, trying you to never get a look at get a good look at the vampire. No, yeah, no. They they they're basically trying to like set up like booby traps in the uh, in the woods to catch this thing. Um, and th- so the frog thing was weird, right? Yeah, I I did I didn't understand that at all. And it comes up a few times. Yeah. They use this fairy tale logic that is <laughs> so if you bury a dead toad and a vampire like crosses its path, um, it'll come back to life. So they basically bury all these dead toads in the woods and then like mark it. Right. And then they go and check mm-hmm. to see like where he went. It's very strange. I've never heard of it before. I don't know if it's something that, that would actually. Either. Yeah. I don't know so, if it was like a folklore and they brought it to the movie or they just fucking made it up for the <laughs> or it's Durwood mythology. Like I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 this is not anything I'd ever heard of before. I found it kind of hysterical and confusing, yeah. but I went with it. So eventually Dr. Marcus gets attacked and he turns, right? And that, that's a whole big scene. Right. I gotta say, like, the funniest part of this movie is when he just punches him in the face. Like, it's like, <laughs> he finds that he's a vampire and, like, he kind of comes at him, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. And he punches him. And I'm just like... Michael Bolton, vampire puncher. Because <laughs> this guy looks like Michael Bolton a little bit. <laughs> he does. He does. He um, does. Jeremy Michael Bolton. Yeah, so he punches um, Marcus. Yeah, like that was... It kind of came out of nowhere. Like, it's something you wouldn't... You, you weren't expecting. Yeah. But it was... It, it works. Like, somehow they made that work and so that, so that it just wasn't just some funny, stupid thing that... I mean, it was a funny, stupid thing that happened, but... Uh, like I guess within the context of the movie, it's like <laughs> okay. That's right. Oh, it's so ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I love it. Um, so yeah, so he turns and basically, um, they they have to kill him, you know. But they they right. learn they learn more about the vampires at this point, and they kind of so they kind of give us like a psych out reveal that Sarah, the sister, is the vampire. Like that's what they try and show us. Well, know, I feel like as a fake out. Yeah, well, they. I feel like they they tried to set up a few different characters as um, like red herrings. So you had both Sarah and Paul, um, who could have been potential 
like, like uh, vampires. Yeah, yeah. They, they. I, I, I specify Sarah because she like comes back with like the same kind of cloak on. I think. Right, and, yes. and that's what they, yeah, but 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 it does, it, yeah. No, you're no, you're right. It, it does make it sound like they're in in cahoots, you know, like maybe trying to save their mother or just take revenge out on the town for the things that happened to their parents. Whatever it is, like that's kind of what we get as like a psych out because that's not what it is. But but we do, um, we do, we're meant to believe that for a little bit of the movie. I I I think it's important to talk about uh, Captain Cronus's me- methods of thinking about things because the way he goes about thinking is fucking somebody and that's like yes. his that, yeah so that's his time to like hope of plans he's like he's living in a barn like an animal and <laughs> calls in uh carl every now and again he's like come over here go goes at it with her and like you know he's like while he concocts his plans an amazing way of thinking about things i i, I feel like i have to change my whole lifestyle to to do that now so just, i already have <laughs> it's like yeah i mean that's that's pretty much how, how it works now and uh <laughs> Um, I'm calling it the Kronos method. The Kronos method of thinking. <laughs> Eventually, we do find out, you know, who our actual vampire is, and the big reveal is it's the mother. Uh, she's not really sickly and old. She's just sort of like it's a mask, um, and and she uh, is basically possessing her husband who isn't dead, and he's the one going out there and killing people. Yeah, basically. Uh, so Lady Durwood, that was one of my favorite characters because I didn't see that reveal coming, and she was pretty cool. Like I liked her. Neither like, did I. I just it worked. I thought she had like a cool like personality. Like it was a nice reveal. Like it was a it was a it was a great moment, you know. So I thought that character was really great, actually. Although she doesn't do have a lot of screen time, but Not until the end, right? yeah, at the end where we have our uh, Pirates of the Caribbean fight inside the castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, that so was a cool fight, though. It was, was yeah. It was cool we had a sword fight between the husband and Ca- Captain Kronos, while uh, she basically tries to like stop them in time. That's like one of her powers. But like, right. he make he like deflects it or whatever. So like, she's stuck in time, and so is everybody else. And they have this fight. It's kind of weird. Um, By the way, the brother and sister had nothing to do with any of this. That's the thing, right? They're in the clear. Yeah. I gotta say, I, I really like the ending of this movie. Um, again, did not see that twist coming. Um, so that was well done. So I did notice, because you, you do have scenes throughout the movie um, where you have either the sister or the brother or whatever talking to their mom, um, who's obviously in bed for most of the movie, not moving. I did notice, and they never really give you a close-up of her. You kind of only see her from like a mid-shot or a distance a little bit. But I did notice any time she spoke, her mouth wouldn't move. Me too. Yeah, I noticed that on this viewing. Her mouth didn't move at all. And I just thought that was just like sort of like the makeup or the the special effect. And it was a mask. Yeah. But you, you don't know that until obviously the end when, when that's revealed. Right. When you don't see her in the bed and the mask is left behind and you see her and she's like a young woman. Right. Yeah. Um. So like at first I thought, okay, is, is this just like bad continuity are they are they just like dubbing over the voice like i did not understand what was going on there because her mouth was not moving very clearly not moving no not at all (laughs) and then obviously and then obviously that made sense at the end i was like holy shit it was a mask the whole time this is great yeah yeah it was like i said i i really liked the reveal i thought it was pretty good when you think of like all the hammer tropes um this is one that kind of hits all of them really so it's a good one to watch even though it's like one of the later ones it's definitely a good one to watch if you're new to these films uh for sure absolutely it's very much a hammer movie but at the same time it's almost like you said it's 
kind of the most Hammer movie, but also almost like a toned down Hammer movie too, though, because it's it's not in what ways it, it doesn't feel like straight horror. Yeah, it, well, yeah, right. It's 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 got a lot of action elements, and um, like you still have the blood, you still have some yeah. gore, and like the over the top acting and all that stuff. Like you still have the basic elements that make a Hammer movie a Hammer movie. It's just less straight horror and more kind of action adventure yeah because what a lot of the hammer movies like the staples are always like dracula or frankenstein because there's so many of them i mean honestly i think that if you were going to watch anyone for starting taste the blood of dracula <laughs> taste the blood of dracula is pretty good um but frankenstein like the first frankenstein the curse yeah. the curse of frankenstein which is the first one that's my one of my favorites what are your, what are your top like three hammer movies Ooh. put you on the spot i don't know Ooh, ooh. Um, honestly, this is actually going up there. Yeah, it's good. It is. Um, I would actually put this at number three. I'm gonna put that. Uh, I'm gonna put that first Frankenstein at number two, um, because I do like Dracula better. Oh, you, oh, which one? The the first one. I do love that first one, and it's probably the one I've seen the most because good... I love Christopher. I love Christopher Lee as Dracula. Yeah, and he has very little lines in all the Dracula movies. He doesn't speak much. No, he doesn't. But he, he he's got he's just got that presence. Yeah, he plays it. Yeah, he plays a great Dracula. Honestly, he really does. Um, he's 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 my second favorite, right after uh, Lugosi. Yeah, I, I I like him a little bit more than Lugosi. I think. Just really? Be, yeah, just because like, well, Lugosi was a lot more like charming. You know, Christopher Lee is just more like of a, like a horror villain. Like he's a, you know, like he's not really charming. He's just more like hypnotizing, right? Like it's not yeah. like that they're like kind of like ooing and on over him. You know, like right. he's literally like kind of putting the spell on them. But a lot of times he's just so fucking sinister. And like, you know, and, and like his expressions work so well and like his mannerisms. So I think that like he plays a really good Dracula. Lugosi, you know, he was really only in the first one, right? Like he only was on one. Christopher Lee's Dracula was built upon a couple sequels. Me personally, I do kind of lean more towards the the more charming kind of Dracula, mm -hmm. but I do love the just kind of vicious brutality of Christopher Lee as well. I guess it's all a matter of preference, matter of taste. But Christopher Lee kind of does it for me a little bit better. I, I, I like, I really like the way he plays up Dracula. I think he's, I think he's great. Honestly, is I mean, you know, it's a role that kind of put him on the map too. Um, yeah, you know. Number one for me is hands down the Curse of Frankenstein. I love that movie. I would say number two, and then just like just kind of like going off the top of my head. Obviously, we didn't like you know you and I didn't like prepare a list or anything like that. Um, the Curse of the Werewolf, a really good movie. Um, didn't expect it to be as good as it was. That was with Oliver Reed, who's also in a lot of Hammer movies. Yeah, he was big with Hammer. Yeah, and then Dracula has risen from his grave. It's pretty fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite movie posters too. I don't think I remember. That's it. the one where, like, it's the one where it's just like a girl's like neck, and she has like a pink bandaid on it, but it's black and white, and the only thing that's in color is the okay. Band -Aid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, a good look yeah. at yeah. Like it's basically <laughs> it you just see her lips and her like neck, and then the band aid. Yeah. Everything's everything's black and white, but the band aid's pink. Um, it's right. it's a, yeah. It's and then like it says Dracula has risen, risen from his grave, and then in parentheses it says obviously, <laughs> <laughs> and that's like and that's what I'm, like that's. The camp value of Hammer, you know, that's what's so great about it. Yeah, man, but uh, I definitely want to talk a lot more about Hammer um, 
in the future of this podcast because it's one of my favorite like film cycles uh really of all time i, I can't sing its praise enough obviously we kind of went into the tail end because this sort of fit into the theme of the month but throughout the the podcast i definitely want to go back and hit up some some big ones because i really feel like people should get into these movies they're so fucking good man um yeah absolutely you know not that they need my fucking support and promotion but it's going to turn into a podcast on just hammer movies because our title sexy vampire teeth sounds like it should be like a, a hammer horror movie it should be. It absolutely should be. Like that could be like the last uh, Christopher Lee Dracula. I know. Sexy, the sexy teeth of Dracula. <laughs> and not to mention the fact that this is the first fucking vampire movie we talked about on a podcast called Sexy Vampire Teeth. Not true. Well, because because Midnight Mass. Because of Midnight Mass. That was a show, though. You know. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like the first movie. I, you know. No, you're right. Because I, I thought about it. I'm like, oh, it's actually, it's actually that, but. We just spoiled Midnight Mass for everybody, by the way. So, <laughs> well, you know, they should have been. Listening I fuck. This whole time, that's right. So. Fuck them and fuck you if you haven't seen it yet. Fuck them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's our fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm hearing all the unsubscribe buttons <laughs> going. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I mean, look, it, it's obviously not for everybody, but um, you know, you wouldn't really know until you give them a shot, you know, because if you like one of them, chances are you're gonna like pretty much fucking all of them. Um, they're all very similar in tone. And they all kind of bring to the table the same thing, you know. Like it's it, it's funny. It's it's a it's a company, right? Where everything they made really feels like continuity, you know. Like with, with, like with just not just with the actors and like the sets and stuff like that, but like the look of all of them, you know. Like you just kind of know what you're getting, which is like which is a nice thing. So there's that, and and even in the fifties and sixties, you know, this this was this was sort of like a a newer thing, right? Like the sexual revolution. If you haven't seen any of them, just check it out. This you know, it, it might not be your thing. But it might be like this whole new thing that you get to explore because I kind of came to the game a little bit later on in life. I didn't start watching these. It's maybe like my 20s, you know, like 20 years ago, I started watching these. Um, mm-hmm. I found out about them from just, you know, people reviewing them online, you know, just like we're doing now. And uh, and, and, and it just opened up a whole new door of horror to me. And like, like there's really that, that, that great thing where you kind of get to explore something new that's been around for a while and just like go through the catalog. You know what I mean? Like whether it's a book or a movie series or a TV show, whatever. You find it and you're like, oh my God, I want to watch all this stuff. And it's like all out there. It's been, you know, you got three decades of this stuff that was made. And there's just so much to explore and like enjoy. And that's just one of the great things about finding something new to you. You know, so this could be one of those things for somebody, you know, check them out. And you might just have a whole new world of movies to explore and love. Yeah, I mean, we, we that's what happened to us. Like, yeah, uh, together. I right, I mean, like, yeah, we, we kind of, exp- yeah, we kind of found this together, you and I, because this is when we be- used to do, when we, when you and I used to get together for Halloween, we did, we had our, you know, we lived in the same state. We had, like, our um, tradition where we would binge watch movies on Halloween in, in a certain, like, series, usually. Um, yeah. And I think the first thing, one of the first things we ever did, maybe not the first, but one of the first things we did is the fucking Hammer Dracula movies. Yeah, it was either the second or third year that we uh, yeah. that we were doing it. We got all of our friends over. We, you know, we we, we we do two days of it. Everybody fucking crashed at my, yeah. my my place at the time. You know, ordering food, fucking eating snacks, hanging, drinking all night, and just making fun of these movies uh, in a good way. You know, they're fun. Um, yeah, and and loving the shit of them, and that's how I explore them. I think I fucking I I, I remember seeing reviews on these things, and you and I were talking about them, and none of us have ever seen them, and we went to Best Buy. And bought one of those like here eight films on one DVD for like t- yep. five dollars. Yeah, and it was mostly Dracula stuff, and uh, we watched the sh- we watched the shit out of those. Uh, they were and they were fucking and that was it. I was down a hole. 
Yeah, man, it was it, that was a great time. I I love that. I love yeah, every man. second I of that. that shit. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh man, that was good. Yeah. Good times. Good times. So hopefully, someone out there listening, uh, at least you know one person, can have that same experience, and that'd be great. So yeah, man. I mean, that there there you go. Uh, there's our review of Captain Cronus and kind of Hammer in general, and uh, I got nothing else. Yeah, no, I'm good. Just, Except, uh, you know, let us let us know if you want to want to hear more uh, about more Hammer stuff, and um, I yeah. mean, we're gonna do it anyway, regardless. But if you check some stuff out for the first time, let us know. If you if you love Hammer and you know you agree with us, let us know too. Tell us what you think about him on the SoMeds. All all over the SoMeds. All over your face. <laughs> uh, Book. Which we don't have, but we do have <laughs> Twitter and Instagram. Have, so go go follow us, like us, subscribe, you know, all those things that you do uh-huh. on the uh, on on the interwebs. Yep, I wouldn't know, but that's what I've heard. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you end up interacting with uh with our with one of our pages, just know it's it's me you're talking to. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm a curmudgeon. I don't uh <laughs> Well, so am I. I'm just a more social curmudgeon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that, exactly. Um, and also, uh, happy Easter. Happy Easter. Um, yeah. I'm just. I'm a little. Uh, maybe next year we'll do this. My favorite uh, Easter-based horror movie, The Passion of the Christ. Because <laughs> there's more gore in that than in any fucking Hammer movie. I saw that movie with my mother, and I was just like. We, we were both like just depressed for days we just like we were just oh man we were just so fucking bummed about life after that movie yeah i saw it with uh with some mutual friends of ours actually and yeah it was the same thing where you just kind of walked out there like man why <laughs> I, dude you know what we got a year to think about it so <laughs> happy Maybe birthday jesus <laughs> That would be Christmas. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's out. another thing. Let us know if you want us to do Passion of the Christ for Easter <laughs> next year. Uh, we'll probably do it anyway. I, I gotta be honest. I, I would not be in a rush to watch that movie again. Honestly, I no, haven't seen it. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it since I saw it in no, the No, you can't watch that movie again. That's crazy talk, you know? Unless you're doing something with it, like, like you know, maybe a review, but fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Your then favorite case. horror movie. <laughs> Favorite Easter horror movie. <laughs> uh. All right, we gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's let's wrap this up. Like we like we said, uh, you know, check us out on social media. Uh, let us know what you think about the show in general and what we're talking about. And uh, yeah, of course, if you want us to talk about the Passion of the Christ next Easter, um, let us know. And uh, you know, enjoy your Easter and enjoy the the podcast. Next month, we're going to be coming back with some other stuff. Uh, we'll talk about that soon. Uh, what we're going to bring to next month and uh, fucking. Good night. Good night, guys. Next week on Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. Yeah, she. This is the scene where she she's really trying to recruit him. Yeah. as the new familiar. You know, how would you really define a familiar? I feel like this is something that we've been using this term a lot, and a lot of people might not know it in the context of vampire mythology. How would I define it? Yeah, if you're familiar with that term. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Also, you can follow us on social media. We have Twitter, and that's at Sexy Vamp Teeth.
We also have Instagram at the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. And if you want to follow Justin, all you That's need to me. do. Oh, you're still on the phone? Uh, I very rarely ever hang up. Tell the people where they could follow you, Justin. Well, if you want to follow me on Facebook, you can find me as Justin Tong. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me jtong81. And if you want to follow me on Slasher, the horror-based social media site, you can find me at Sexy Vampire Teeth Pod. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can't. I'm off the stuff. So if you guys want updates on the show, please follow us on our social media sites. And make sure to tune in every Monday night for a new episode. Thanks for listening, guys, and good night. So long, everybody. You've been listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. 